Hi, and welcome back to A Twist of Fate. This week's episode, we are talking about the Golden State Killer. Joseph James D'Angelo was born on November 8, 1945 in Bath, New York, to Joseph D'Angelo Sr., a sergeant in the United States Army, and Kathleen, Kathleen Louise de Groot. He has had two little sisters and a little brother. A relative of the D'Angelo's had once reported that when D'Angelo was a child, he had witnessed his seven-year-old sister's rape. She had been raped by two airmen in a warehouse in West Germany where his dad had been stationed at the time. After he was convicted, one of his sisters claimed that he had been abused by their father growing up. Between 1959 and 1960, D'Angelo attended Mills Junior High School in Rancho, Cordo- Rancho Cordova, Cordova, California. In 1961, he transferred to Folsom High School where he played on the JV baseball team. He received his GED in 1964. Prosecutors claim that D'Angelo had committed burglaries and tortured and killed animals in his teens. D'Angelo joined the United States Navy in September of 1964. In the 22 months that he was in the Navy, he served in the Vietnam War as a damage controlman on the USS Canberra and the destroyer tender USS Piedmont. In August 1968, D'Angelo enrolled in Sierra College in Rockland, and graduated with an associate's in police science. He graduated with honors. He then went on to graduate from Sacramento State University with a bachelor's in criminal justice. D'Angelo later on took postgraduate classes and more police training at the College of the Sequoias in Visalia. He completed a 32-week police internship at the Roseville Police Department. In May 1973 to August 1976, D'Angelo worked as a burglary unit police officer in Exeter after he had moved from Citrus Heights. D'Angelo had gone to jail from August 1976 until July 1979. He served his time in Auburn and was arrested for shoplifting a hammer and dog repellent. D'Angelo was only sentenced to six months and was also fired in October. While in the process of being fired from the city, he threatened to kill the chief of police and allegedly stalked the chief's house. In May of 1970, D'Angelo had gotten engaged to Betty Jean Cowell, who also went to Sierra College. However, Betty broke up with him when he threatened to kill her with a gun and tried to force her to marry him. In November of 1973, he married Sharon Huddle in Placer, which is now Loomis. In 1980, the couple bought the house in Citrus Heights, where D'Angelo would later be arrested. Sharon became a lawyer in 1982. The couple had three daughters before they separated in 1991. Sharon didn't file for a divorce until 2018, and the divorce was final in 2019. D'Angelo's work history in the 80s is still unknown. However, from 1990 until he retired in 2017, he was working as a truck mechanic at Save Mart Supermarkets Distribution Center in Roseville. He had been arrested in 1996 over something that happened at a gas station, but the charge was dismissed. His brother-in-law had said that he would casually bring up the East Area Rapist in any conversation around the time of the original crimes. 
Neighbors reported that D'Angelo had frequent loud and profane outbursts. One neighbor had said that D'Angelo called the family and threatened to kill their dog because it wouldn't stop barking. DNA evidence links D'Angelo to eight murders in Goleta, Ventura, Dana Point, and Irving. Two more murders were linked because of the MO, however, these cases lacked DNA evidence. D'Angelo pleaded guilty to three other murders. Two were in Rancho Cordova, Cordova and in one in Visalia. He had also committed more than 50 known rapes in Sacramento, Contra Costa, Stanislaus, San Joaquin, Alameda, Santa Clara, and Yolo. He was linked to hundreds of burglaries, thefts, vandalism, peeping, stalking, and prowling. The first burglary was on March 19, 1974. A total of $50 in change was stolen from a piggy bank. Most of his activities involved breaking into houses, going through or even vandalizing the owner's possessions, scattering women's underwear around, and only stealing low-value items. He would even go as far as to rearrange items or display different items that weren't there originally. The common MOs of these burglaries included scaling fences and moving through parks, walkways, ditches, and trails, attempting to open multiple windows, leaving multiple points to escape from open like windows, the garage, and the garden doors, moving the screens from the window to the bed or into different rooms, and wearing gloves. On September 11, 1975, D'Angelo broke into 45-year-old Claude Snelling, a German, a journalism professor at the College of the Sequoias, earlier, who earlier that year, on February 5th, had chased a man that had been hiding under his daughter's bed at 10 p.m. On September 11th, Cloud had been woken up by strange noises around 2 in the morning. As he was leaving his bedroom, he ran out of the back door and came face to face with the intruder who was in the middle of trying to kidnap his daughter. Cloud was shot twice before he staggered his way back into the house trying to find his wife before he died. After her father was murdered, Beth, who was 16 and a cheerleader at Mount Whitney High School, was put through hypnosis to try and get more details that she may have blocked out. The Visalia de- Police Department also added more resources to the case and a $4,000 reward was posted. Stakeouts were set up near the houses that had already been burglarized, but the burglaries continued. On December 12, 1975, around 8.30 in the morning, a man wearing a mask had entered the backyard of 1505 West Coea Avenue, which is near where the other burglaries had happened. When Detective McGowan tried to arrest the man, he screamed, took off his mask, and faked a surrender, after the detective shot a warning shot into the air. However, the man then jumped the fence and pulled out a revolver and shot once at McGowan, shattering his flashlight. Officers close by came to help McGowan and the shooter escaped. The flashlight, shoe tracks, some blue chip stamps, and a blue sock full of change were collected as evidence. When D'Angelo moved to Sacramento in 1976, his crimes went from burglary to rape. His MO was stalking middle-class neighborhoods at night searching for women that were alone in one-story houses that are usually by a school creek, trail, or any other open spaces that he could quickly escape. 
most of the victims had seen or even heard him outside before they were attacked. Brian McGorry, a mil military policeman at Mather Air Force Base, and his wife Katie were walking their dog in Rancho Cordova on February 2, 1978. The couple had gotten into an argument with a stranger and were chased down and shot until they died. Some investigators suspected that they were murdered by the East Area Rapist because of how close they were to the other attacks, and a shoelace was left near the bodies. On June 15, 2016, the FBI announced that they were confident the couple had been murdered by the East Area Rapist. D'Angelo pleaded guilty to their murders on June 29, 2020. After the rape on July 5, 1979, D'Angelo moved to South California and started killing. These murders lasted until 1981. However, there was one attack in 1986. On October 1, 1979, a gelato home was broken into and the couple had been tied up. When they heard the man say, I'll kill him to himself, the couple tried to escape and the wife screamed for help. The man took off on a bicycle. A neighbor that happened to be an FBI agent chased the man, causing him to ditch the bike and a knife and took off on foot through the backyards. The attack had later been linked to the Offerman and Manning murders. It was linked by the shoe prints and twine that was used to tie them up. 44-year-old Robert Offerman and 35-year-old Deborah Manning were found shot and killed at Robert's condo on December 30, 1979. The rope that had been used to tie Robert's hands were undone, which suggested that he had lunged at the killer. The paw prints of a large dog were found around the scene. This led to the speculation that the man might have brought the dog with him. The man also broke into the house next door and stole a bike that was later found up the street from the scene. On March 13, 1980, 33-year-old Charlene Smith and 43-year-old Lyman Smith were found dead in their home. Charlene had been raped. A log from the pile of wood outside the Smith house was used to beat the couple to death. Their wrists and ankles were tied together with the drapery cord. A diamond knot was used to tie Charlene's wrists together. This is the same knot that had been used in the cases of the Sacramento East Area Rapist. On August 19th, 24-year-old Keith and 27-year-old Patrice, Herring Patrice Harrington were found beaten to death in their home in the Dana Point's Niguel Shores gated community. Patrice had been raped. There was evidence that they had been tied up. However, investigators couldn't find a murder weapon or a rope at the scene. The couple had only been married for three months when they were killed. Patrice was a nurse in Irvine, and Keith was a medical student at UC Irvine. February 6, 1980, 28-year-old Manuela Within was found raped and killed in her home in Irvine. Just like the Harringtons, there was no evidence that she was tied up. There was evidence that she was tied up, but again, there was no sign of rope or a murder weapon. Manuela was married, but at the time she was killed, her husband was in the hospital, so she was alone in the house. The TV was found in the backyard as an attempt to make the scene look like a burglary gone wrong. On July 27, 35-year-old Sherry Domingo and 27-year-old Gregory Sanchez were attacked in Sherry's home on Toltec Way in Goleta which was only a few blocks from Robert Offerman's condo. 
The man had gotten in through the small bathroom window. Gregory wasn't tied up and was shot in the cheek before being beaten to death with a gardening tool. A gardening tool. It's possible that he realized that this was the man that killed Robert and Alexandra and tried to take down the man before he could have been tied up. He was found with his head covered with clothes that were hanging in the closet. Sherry had been raped and beaten. She had bruises on her wrists from being tied up. However, again, the rope was missing. On May 4th, 1986, 18-year-old Janelle Cruz, who was found raped and beaten to death in her house. When she was killed, her family had been on vacation in Mexico. A pipe wrench that her stepfather later reported missing was suspected as the murder weapon. At first, investigators didn't think that Janelle's murder was connected to the others. A detective in Sacramento believed that the East Area rapist was responsible for all of the Goleta attacks. However, the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department credited the Goleta attacks to a local criminal that later had been murdered. In November of 1977, someone claimed to be the East Area Rapist and sent a poem to the Sacramento Bee, the mayor of Sacramento's office, and the television station KVIE. On December 11th, a man wearing a mask escaped being arrested after he called to warn the authorities that he was going to attack on Wyatt Avenue that night. Before the original Night Stalker and the East Area Rapist cases were officially linked in 2001, some officials were out to link the Galetta cases, too. Sacramento County Sheriff's deputies arrested D'Angelo on April 24, 2018. He had been charged with eight counts of first-degree murder with special circumstances. He was then charged with four more counts of first-degree murder on May 10th by the Santa Barbara County District Attorney's Office. Investigators started trying to ID D'Angelo four months before he had been caught. Detective Paul Holes and FBI lawyer Steve Kramer had uploaded the DNA profile from a Ventura County rape kit to the personal genomics website GED Match. A team of five investigators that were working with gene- genealogist Barbara Ray Venter, who then used the list to put together a large family tree. They established two su- suspects, however one was ruled out by a relative's DNA test, which left D'Angelo as a main suspect. After he was arrested, D'Angelo sort of referred to a second personality that he called Jerry. He claimed that Jerry forced him to commit the crimes. According to the Sacramento County prosecutor, D'Angelo has said while talking to himself, alone in an interrogation room, I didn't have the strength to push him out. He made me. He went with me. It was like in my head. I mean, he's a part of me. I didn't want to do those things. I pushed Jerry out and had a happy life. I did all those things. I destroyed all their lives. So now I've got to pay the price. On August 21st, 2020, D'Angelo received multiple life sentences without the possibility of parole. He gave an apology after he listened to days of victim impact statements. He said, I've listened to all your stories, each one of them, and I'm truly sorry to everyone I have hurt. Thank you, Your Honor. On November 3rd, 2020, D'Angelo had been moved to the North Kern State Prison and is currently serving his life sentences in protective custody at the California State Prison, Corcoran.
This has been a twist of fate. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you have any requests or questions, feel free to message me. Thank you so much and have a good day.